You're listening to Parenting Our Future. I'm parenting expert, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in all different areas of your parenting so you can create strong connections with your kids, get all the cooperation you want, and live a life that is full of joy and connection. And by the way, the tools and solutions that you're looking for in your parenting don't just live in each episode of my show. They're also in my free membership site, The Parent Toolbox, where you can access tools created by myself and my brilliant guests that cover everything from helping your kids to sleep, managing meltdowns, reducing overwhelm to getting your kids to listen the first time and so much more. Join The Parent Toolbox so you can download and use the tools that are ready on the site and Each week, a brand new tool is added. And of course, the best part is it's absolutely free to join and to stay in. You can go to www.parent-toolbox.com today. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to share with you another podcast that I think you're going to find really interesting. It's called Didn't I Just Feed You? It's a weekly candid conversation about feeding our families, even for parents who hate to cook. Hosts Stacey Billis and Megan Splawn are two food professionals who get real about feeding kids, tweens, and teens because they're also busy working moms, so they get it. They talk about how to turn things like nachos into a legit family dinner, to the magic of meatballs, to solving the after-school snack problem, even reducing kitchen waste and debt all at once. They chat with guests from Food Network stars to everyday moms who, let's be honest, are the real experts. In fact, Didn't I Just Feed You is a staple on the iTunes Top 100 Food Podcasts and the only food podcast made with parents in mind. Stacey and Megan are on a mission to make cooking easier, more delicious, and maybe even a little bit more fun. Find Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Now, you can also find Stacey and Megan on Instagram and Facebook as at Didn't I Just Feed You. Now let's dive into this next episode of Parenting Our Future. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. It's Robin McMahon here. And, you know, we're going to dive into a topic that I think causes parents a lot of confusion, maybe worry, uh, fear, and that is, you know, what happens if your child is questioning their sexual identity, their sexual preference? There's a lot that scares parents, and I am so lucky to have two parents here who have navigated this journey and are advocates. I have Vanessa and J.R. Ford here, and they are nationally known as advocates for LGBTQ plus rights, specifically rights for transgender youth. Their advocacy and work has been featured in the New York Times, Newsweek, the Boston Globe, Washington Post, and in Gender Revolution, A Journey with Katie Couric where they were both uh, the founding members of human rights campaign, Parents for Transgender. Uh, Parents for Transgender Equality Council. Sorry, I should have said that all together. Um, They live with their two children, uh, one of whom is trans in Boston. So welcome, thank you for being here and thank you for talking about this with me. Absolutely, thank Thank you you. for having us. Oh, you're welcome. Well, you know, this is, this is something that's close to my heart and, uh, and, and really, uh, you know, my, my friend, so I have my best friend from high school. We're not as close anymore. Um, they are, he's now he, and we grew up together as, you know, girlfriends and, um, 
And it's so funny because this one person's story, I think, has allowed me to share it with so many other people. And, um, you know, I, I said to my friend Easton, I said, you know, I don't think you have, you realize how many people's lives you've really impacted through your story because of the work that I do. Right. So it's really allowed me to see what that transition is like to struggle to sort of understand that person, to relate to that person, uh, see changes in that person, but ultimately see the essence of that person is exactly the same as it always yes. was. So, um, so that's something that, you know, I know for sure, right. I know it and I feel it. And like, I still love my friend Easton, you know, even though Easton wasn't Easton when we were growing up together in high school. Right. So let's talk about you guys, your yeah. story. Uh, you've got two kids and one of them is trans. So please like, please share your story with, uh, with me. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. So as we dig into this, I just want to clarify one thing, and, and that's really a difference between sexual identity and gender identity. Okay, Because good. we're going to really be digging into the gender identity piece of this, who people think know they are to be inside, not who they love or who are they are attracted to, but who they are, right. instead of who they go to bed with, who they go to bed as, we like to think. Right. And mm -hmm. our journey started- Love it. Gosh, six years, six years ago, ago yeah. with um, our two children, we have an older son, Ronnie, and 17 months later, <laughs> we have our second child, Ellie. And Ellie uses they, them pronouns and identifies as transgender, non-binary. But for the first five years, uh, after Ellie told us who they were, they did use she pronouns and have clarified that over time as their own understanding of who they are has developed. So you're going to hear me and JR use they, them pronouns versus if you look up some of the things we've done, you might see she. We are evolving with our child. Right. Great so, to know. Thank you. Okay. Yes. And I want to ask you some stuff about that after you tell me your yeah, story. <laughs> absolutely. So um, we thought we had two sons when our kids were small, but we found out something completely different. We had this second child who we thought was our son who loved dresses, who loved um, cars and dresses. So we, on their fourth birthday, threw a birthday party and we thought our son at the time um, really wanted to just express themselves. So they were in a dress and wore car shoes. And we had all these people here celebrating. And we have this beautiful picture of Ellie just looking up at this birthday cake. It was a frozen- A frozen themed, themed birthday cake. Yeah. <laughs> Smiling. And that night, as we were walking up the stairs, I said to them, you are my favorite princess boy. And Ellie turned to me, looked me in the eyes and said, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl in my heart and my brain. They were four years old. Mm. At which point I said, let's go brush our teeth and go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me go. I did not just, yeah. to figure this out, yeah. Let's, right. you know, clearly we need to figure this out. And over the next um, few months, it became very clear. We had a very insistent, consistent and persistently, um, verbal child who said, I am she, I am a girl, call me sister, this is who I am. And with the support of some folks in our network in Washington DC at the time, we decided to listen because everything that we had heard taught us and everything that we learned in those first few months taught us that the key to 
a child who is trans being successful and being um, happy and thriving is parental support. And we also, right, that parental support yeah. is so important. JR was the one who really supported first. People assume it was, was the gonna, mom. I'm the talkative one. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask yeah. you, JR, you know, yeah. as a dad having two boys, you know, there's something about that, right? I have two boys, right? And I know my husband loves it. He talks to them about sports. He, you know, does guy stuff with them. So how did that feel for you? You know, back then, what, six years ago, it was still a unique time, you know, mm -hmm. When we were, you know, in the midst of their early transition, we had already started to really think about and consider, you know, what was going on before Ellie announced to us who they were. So, you know, through the dresses, through the, uh, you know, through, you know, the princess dresses, looking at how they were kind of transitioning already before us, you know, and that's kind of picking up on certain things. I mean, we didn't really know what was going on until their birthday. So we had already had some conversations, some really, really early conversations, you know, at daycare where, you know, one of the daycare uh, providers asked us about the nail polish that Ellie came in with. And, you know, just had, you know, some really interesting questions that, you know, we had already kind of thought about because we're pretty progressive, pretty open. You know, we want our yeah. kids to thrive. So, mm -hmm. Ellie going to daycare with fingernail polish was not a big deal to us. So yeah, okay. we started to confront some of those questions and really, mm -hmm. you know, up to that point, you know, of the birthday party, it really was, that was the kind of the, the tipping point of us going into this whole transition with Ellie. Okay. And I think yeah. what, you know, JR made really clear to me in the beginning is that we needed to listen to our child, that our child was telling us who they were. And we also saw a drastic difference in how Ellie presented to the world when they were able to be themselves, when they were able to be called a girl, when they were able to be called she, when their brother called them sister. Um, all of those things were very, very uh, salient to us. And we got the support we needed. And, and when Ellie transitioned and we talk about transitioning in young children as social there's no medical intervention that we're talking about i just want to be really clear it's okay. usually uh, a name it's how the child presents to the world so clothing it's uh hair is a really big part of it in the book yeah. we wrote calvin our main character transitions to live as himself and he gets a haircut these are seminal pieces of uh, a young trans child's experience however every child's experience is different. Right. Our child was in a family where we allowed this exploration to happen. And we immediately had a really safe kid mm -hmm. who was thriving, who had a school that was supporting them, who had family that was supporting them, who um, was proud of who they were. Yeah. And so we decided early on, let's share our story, much like, much like your friend um, and the sharing of his story people don't know what they don't know. And when you're able to make a connection to a personal story or to a person, it can really open your eyes. And we decided to kind of take the national stage in some ways to say, this is our family. This is who we are. This is our story and allow people to get to know us. So if they didn't have anybody in their immediate life, 
they could feel like they were connected to somebody and connected to this journey in a way that would open eyes and allow other parents to listen to their children as well. Mm. That's really beautiful. And, uh, and I, and I so applaud the, the, the fact that you listened, that you just yeah. listened, right? A lot of parents that would scare them. Parents may double down and, you yes. know, say, nope, you're going into cadets, you're going into yes. you know, boy things, right? Yep. Um, but instead, to, and, and, you know, I, I think maybe that things don't happen by accident too, right? Yep. You know, you got this child, you, you know, this child is yours because of, you know, you are the right parents for this child, right? And, um, you know, you, you don't know what the journey is going to be like as a parent. And, uh, and so the listening piece is really key because your kids are telling you who they are. They, they yeah. are, they absolutely. absolutely are. So, so you, you also said too, that the way to affirm the, your child is through, um, sort of, you said sort of like social channels. I don't know if that's the right word yeah. to use, but socially social transition. Yeah. Right. So name, clothing, hairstyle, pronouns, and yeah. pronouns right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Pronouns and those are, are not, really... the pronouns are really the kingpin here. Um, yeah. They, we use them in everyday life in every aspect of our lives, yeah. but they really do identify who we are to the world and how the world sees us. Yeah. And so for us, that switching of a pronoun to she, or in the last two years, and we can talk a little bit more about this to now they, really affirms that child and saying, we see you, we see that you are who you say you are. And any of the worries or the fear, those things you talked about at the beginning, those are on us as parents to handle. Um, And we need to, that's our stuff. That's our stuff. Right. Um, We need to handle that behind the scenes, get the support network, find other families, uh, connect, so that our children can be who they are. Regardless if they're trans or not, we want our children to be uniquely who they are and thrive. Yeah, as, yeah. A, as a kid, you know, you are as honest and innocent as you can be. You know, as mm. adults, we have a lot of lived experiences, a lot of trauma that we have, you know, taken in over the course of our lives. So we can understand where people can be you know, nervous or apprehensive about if they have a child or someone in their family who's transitioning Mm -hmm. where they might not understand any of it, but at least being open to listening, to hearing, and as we said, to affirming and supporting them is one of those foundational step zones. And I will say that it's life-saving work too, Robin. Um, Affirming trans youth saves lives. Uh, there, there is uh, staggering uh, numbers of um, of of teens who yes, are yes. And, and are gay and trans, and the suicide rates yep. when they aren't supported and affirmed is yes. so high. Yep, and even higher for those who are trans. Yes. So we, we this is a this is a health crisis to yes. not affirm right to yes. not support your child and look I want to say you haven't said it but it's not personal it's not about you don't make it about you don't make it about the wedding that you you know had in your mind that maybe they will yes. or won't have it's not about you it's not nope. about that it is your child thriving that you want whether they're gay straight trans non-binary whatever it that yep. that 
doesn't matter, but it does to some people and it makes them really scared and it, it challenges their faith uh, and lots of stuff gets in the way. Right. Yep. And so, you know, what is your message to, and we, we're going to talk about your book too, because your book is really great. Um, but <laughs> what is your message to parents that are really struggling and are like, no, I don't accept this. Yep. You are a boy. Mm-hmm. Period. There's no such thing as this, or this is a mental illness, or 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 right. or or right. So there there are going to be people who believe these things, and there are people right now in legislatures across the country yeah. making bills to hurt trans youth around medical care, sports, uh, even criminalizing parents who support their trans youth. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so there are people who believe these things. However people evolve, people change, and stories matter. I would say to the parents listening to this, if you have someone in your life and you are listening and thinking, I would never do that, ask yourself, what would you do to save your child? What would you do to ensure that your child is thriving and being happy? And what work do you need to do to ensure that happens? And that is likely reaching out to the network of thousands of parents like ourselves, whether it's just reaching out to us, JR and Vanessa Ford, we're here, we're telling our story and and we can connect you to people, but you're not going to go it alone. There are plenty of people through history who have supported trans two-spirited people in Native American cultures, for example, uh, non-binary folks. In all cultures, there are people supporting, and that includes people who share your religious background, who share your political background beliefs. Trans children are not just coming from um, Mm -hmm. liberal progressive families um, (laughs) in blue states, Right. right? They are all over the country and there are thousands of us and we can get you connected into the network so you can see your kid thrive too and be safe and survive. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful. And for any Canadians listening, I'm Canadian. You also have, would you have resources for them too? Yeah, absolutely. I think the resources cross these these boundaries that we have. And I know that the laws may be different. I'm talking about the anti-trans bills here in the United States. We are not a good model for supporting trans youth right now from (laughs) other countries looking in. Um, But I'd be really interested. I have a number of friends in Canada. We know a lot of Canadians with trans youth. These are universal topics about raising kids who have gender diverse backgrounds, backgrounds and expressions and Mm -hmm. identities. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So, so let's, I want to talk about two things next. Um, what do you mean? Let's just clarify for people what they, them and non-binary really means. Yes. Yeah. uh, Like I understand boy, girl, but I don't understand the the non-binary as much. Yeah. So non-binary is Under the umbrella of trans, non-binary identities are diverse. It could mean that somebody identifies as both male and female. It could mean they identify as neither male or female. It could mean they identify as certain percent of male and a certain percent of female. And they don't fit within this binary that we have created. I mean, from the moment people find out they're pregnant, they're throwing up pink and blue everywhere. We're saying you need to fit in these boxes. Non-binary people are saying that box is not for me. And Mm. they, them, those pronouns are one set of pronouns that some non-binary people use to say, I'm not he, 
I'm not she. I'm I'm either a combination of both or neither at all. And it helps them find words for their identity and give other people language that feels affirming to them as well. And so for Ellie, they came to us during during the quarantine Mm -hmm. and said, you know what? She doesn't feel right. He doesn't feel right. I'm still trans, but like, what are, what are my options? And we talked a lot about, about the different ways that people identify. And for Ellie, the pronouns, they, them really fit. And they were, um, and we have used them. It is something that people feel is outside the grammatical norm. We use Mm -hmm. they, them singularly all the time. Oh, that person dropped their wallet. I wonder where they are. Yeah. It was an individual person who dropped their wallet. It's confusing though. It is confusing, right? Like who? Yep. And it sometimes, and exactly. And I will say the more that's utilized and the more that's normalized and the more those pronouns are, are respected, the better and more diverse and interesting our population will be. And our mm-hmm. child's just one piece of that puzzle. And, and it was interesting for us also to have this clarification of gender because when Ellie first transitioned, I went to a therapist and I said, what if this is a phase? Okay. That's right. kind of the next question. Yeah. Right? So let's dive into that. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and she asked me, so Vanessa, what if it is? And I said, but what if it is? <laughs> yeah. And, and she said, people are who they say they are until they tell you otherwise. And it is our job to respect that. I have taken that and used it every day since with every conversation we've had. Yeah. And it is so true. We mm. would not have changed anything on our journey in supporting Ellie because now they use they, them, and before they use she. Right. It's been mm. a journey for for the entire family. So it just wasn't Ellie's journey in transition. It was also a family transition for us to understand the new definitions, the new lexicon, also learn about the different stories Mm -hmm. that we've been able to to learn from, you know, the the trans elders that we've been able to connect with. Yes, so many amazing people. So it's really been a transition for all of us, you know, in Mm. terms of just the definitions and the stories as well as developing new language, because even now there's even newer language that we're continuing to learn about mm-hmm. in the trans. Well, yeah, there isn't enough language, I don't mm-hmm. think yet, or at least I don't know it yet, <laughs> because, you know, as uh, Ellie grows up, maybe your other son has kids, and, and maybe Ellie has kids, that, that's not my point, right. but, you know, they're not auntie or uncle, what right. are they instead? Right. Uh, right. And, and I had this, this really cool experience. Somebody I know uh, has a child who's trans and they were somewhere and somebody said, Oh, are they sisters? And this friend of mine said, no, they're siblings. Right. Yep. And yeah. someone's, people often say, Oh, you know, I have two kids. Great. A boy and a girl. I have two kids. Right. Right. <laughs> right? Um, I have, and and we use sibling for Ellie. And there's a great word instead of niece and nephew, nibbling. It's a it's <laughs> a word utilized a lot in Europe and in England. Yeah. And it's it is a great word that is falls outside of the niece and nephew. But right. again, that falls on us. We're looking for 
that binary. Right. We're looking for the comfort in language. Yep. And we have these youth who are fierce and authentic and unique and they're diverse. Driving, they're, driving the they're driving the conversations and it's up to us to continue to learn. Yep. You know what? That is beyond true. They are fierce. They are fighting for their rights, aren't they? I, yes. I, I, I totally see that. And uh, yeah, even though they are also struggling, right? Yep. They're just saying, no, I'm here. Pay yes. attention to me. Listen to me. Right. Listen to what I'm saying, right? And look, it's still confusing, right? It is confusing because uh, somebody who's non-binary could, and, and sorry if this is... Uh, Ignorant. We'll correct I mean, it if it's... Yeah, good, good. I mean, look, I don't pretend to know it all in any way, shape, or form, but for for a... I'm thinking of an actor, specifically. Uh, he, he he looks like a guy, uh, dresses like a guy, goes mm -hmm. by they, them. Yep. So that's, you know, it's like, oh, really? So uh, they look... They, they yeah. present masculine, yeah. but identify as non-binary. And yeah. you know what? That's on us. We've been socialized to put this look. And when we look at gender, it's really a combination of four things, um, gender and sexuality. It's, it's how you present to the world. Mm -hmm. It's the roles we play. It's our identity and it's who we love. And it's how the world perceives us. The who we love is really your sexual identity piece, which is a completely other category, which, com yeah. which yeah. can be complex. But again, it's how we choose to present to the world, our expression, the roles we play in gender. And, and we know how gendered roles are in our country and both of our countries, um, how the world perceives us and how we identify. And all of those things make up gender, which is complex. And gender is on a spectrum. It is not just male, female, boy, Absolutely. girl, sports, princesses. Yeah. Um, I think about my own gender identity. And if, if it was a hundred years ago, I wear jeans and a t-shirt, that would have been unacceptable in the way of my gender expression. So we have new generations of folks pushing those limits. Yeah. We have folks who are out in the world with beards and lipstick and breasts yeah. and, and using neo pronouns and different pronouns. And it's our job to accept them for who they are and do the learning we need, not their job to necessarily teach us who they are. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Cause right. Okay. So gender is how you present yourself to the world. Yep. The roles yep. that we play in terms of gender, right. Um, who we love and how the well, world who we love is the sexual part of that. So gender oh. and who you love, yeah. there's sexuality and there's gender and they are conflated. Like a lot of times people get up in arms, like, oh my goodness, there's this book coming out about a transgender child. We shouldn't be talking about sex with children. Um, this isn't talking about yeah. sex. This is talking about identity and who we, who, who, we, are. who we are, who yeah. we see ourselves to be. Yeah. And right. so as people grow, it gets complicated by the spectrum of sexualities that exist and the spectrum of gender and where you fall on those different pieces. Um, but for our child who is now 10 and a half, started living as themselves when they were four and a half, we're really looking at that gender, how they express themselves to the world, the roles they play or don't play. Yeah. And the way the world perceives them that and their identity 
in all of that structure that is that social structure mm-hmm. around them. It is right. complex. Uh, right. And, and, complex. And think about the LGBT. The T is about your identity, not about who you love. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's great. And, and so when we look at consistently, insistently, and persistently, yeah, let's talk about it. That is from your child's perspective, because what I understand to be true is they have had these feelings long before they've ever communicated it. And when they communicate it, right, consistently, insistently, and persistently, you better, you better pay attention, right? So yeah, go ahead. And I was talking with some girlfriends last night. We all have trans kids, you know, we might get our glass of wine and then have a FaceTime you know, and then we'll get the parents together and and the significant others. But I was asking them about insistent, consistent, and persistent, because these are um, the framework that is in the DSM for diagnosing uh, gender uh, dysmorphia. Mm. Dysphoria, sorry, gender dysphoria. So to get diagnosed, to get access to medical care, because you need a diagnosis to be able to access medical care. It's very complicated. And there's a lot of gatekeepers, Robin. Um, There are diagnoses and they look at the insistent, consistent and persistent part. However, what about that 12 year old child who's been in a family that says, no, you're going to wear a dress. You were born female. This is the role you're going to play. This is what you're going to wear. This is how you're going to present to the world. They haven't had the opportunity to be insistent, consistent, or persistent. Mm -hmm. They may have had those pieces in their head for a period of time, but they've been oppressed by the family that's supposed to support them. So they may very well still be trans, even if they haven't been insistent, consistent, and persistent, because they haven't been in a family that would allow them to do so. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Wait. <laughs> yes. Go for it. I know. <laughs> so, okay. Now as a Canadian, I don't know if it's different. I have no idea. Uh, but you're saying that you have to be diagnosed, uh, as, as a trans, not a mental condition. No, it's so no, no, no. Okay. Sorry. Can I just, uh, yeah. But in, and I think I, I think we talked about this uh, when I talked to John Sovek um, about this topic in a previous episode, but but there is a trans dysmorphia, right? Is yep. that the right word? Dysphoria. Uh, uh, dis- why am I? It's been I a long know. week. It's yeah. called, uh, yeah, gender dysphoria. Yeah. Okay. So that has to be present in order for people to get medical help? What, what do you mean? So in the United States (laughs) and in many places, access to medical care for trans people is very difficult. There are many hurdles to cross. So in order, do you mean just regular medical care? Like I got a sore throat, I might have strep throat, or are we talking about? It can go all directions. We once brought Ellie into an emergency room because they fell off the couch that they were walking on the top of because our child, like everyone else, we yeah. thought they broke their hip. And during intake, the person wanted to know all about their gender identity. They wanted to know all about if they'd had medical intervention. And so imagine what that was like for my child. 
Right. And you're like, that's can you look at the hip? Yeah. Can you just look at the hip? Yeah. Never mind. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Oh, and so goodness. there are layers. But in order to get the medical care that is affirming medical yeah. care, what we're talking about here are things like puberty blockers. These are a pause button that allows transgender youth a few extra years to really understand and pause that natal puberty and before making decisions to get additional medical care, like cross-sex hormones. Mm -hmm. To get puberty blockers in many cases in the United States, you need to go through uh, psychological care. Mm -hmm. You might need a letter from a provider. Mm -hmm. You need to be seen by the endocrinologist. You need to meet certain criteria. There is gatekeeping at every stage, and it starts with the insurance companies yeah. who are requesting these um, diagnoses. So there's a lot of push to say, this is not a mental illness. However, it's in the DSM, which right. is uh, the diagnostic tough. tool. Mm -hmm. And the diagnostic tool allows people access to medical care through these gatekeeping yeah. structures. But so I misspoke, but yeah. It I was going along the same yeah. lines that you have to be labeled or designated under these conditions within that that platform and that framework in order to receive care through your insurance providers. Yep. And the fear is that uh, if you aren't, that uh, maybe a child is going to ask for puberty blockers. Right. What just because? Right. Like I can't see anybody wanting no. that unless no. they are trans, trans right? Yeah. right exactly yeah. and so medical care um is really kind of the hot button topic right now around trans youth in our country um in the united states um in texas yeah. you in texas there were 52 anti-trans youth focused bills put forward this year alone two wow in yeah it an insane number and each of those, one, it failed, but one would say that a parent could be um, considered a child abuser for affirming their transgender child. Others would say it would be a felony to provide uh, puberty blockers or trans affirming care to youth. And these, uh, that trans girls can't play in sports. They're not even talking about trans boys, but trans boys yeah. can't play in sports. Um, these are really complex issues and there are so many people with firmly held beliefs who are so disconnected from the lives of our children trying to legislate what can happen to their bodies. It is really um, alarming. Wow. Well, you know, when you talk about sports and different things like that, you know, I think I was... I was surprised and really proud to see that uh, in this last Olympics, yes. uh, the Summer Olympics, actually Team Canada, the, the, yes, uh, the soccer team player. has a, a trans, uh, non-binary, I think yep. Uh, yep. they are, uh, playing on the team. Uh, and that's, that's a big deal. That's a really yeah, big huge. deal. And we're also seeing it, it uh, normalized more, um, it, and again, I, I want to make sure my language is right, but, um, in popular culture. So yes. we're seeing it on TV shows, right? I think big sky is one of the shows that has yep. a prominent character who's trans. Uh, yep. and we've seen that in some, some other shows as well. So, um, I know that that's taken two ways. I personally, personally, uh, think it's great 
I think it's great. Like, let's normalize this. Let's just accept. Let's show that they're worthy of love and belonging, just like anybody is, right? right? And I also know that it scares people because they say, well, it's everywhere now. So people just think it's an option. Mm hmm. But I know, it's just like, I, just I know. know, it's just like, there's no way I am as girly of a girl as they get like you and me, we may both be women, but I am right. definitely further on the, the girly girl spectrum <laughs> than you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but we're both identify as women, right? We are right. cisgender, which means born the same gender as yeah. assigned as we identify. Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you say about that in popular culture? I oh have boy. a lot of thoughts, but Go you know, it. I'm the, I'm the talker. I'm the talker, but I'm the yeah. talker. I will say that Ellie definitely is very close to Jr. and we kind of have an internal rivalry where Ellie will go to Jr. more, but I'm the talker. Oh, that's um, great. What? A, yeah, it all works. There are. It it is a positive cycle. What we are seeing is a culture that is starting to recognize and affirm and support people with different gender identities. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you're starting to get more families who are hearing from their children and supporting. You're starting to get more schools who are recognizing the gender diversity of their student body and starting groups that allow people to come out. So while some people may say, oh, because it's in popular culture, people just want to be this and they're trying to have a trend, right? They're trying to glorify it. They're trying to make right. it all seem like right. what a great thing to do. Right. right. Well, I will tell you that um, our child is really wonderful and we wouldn't change it for anything. So it is a really great thing. Right. However, I think the fact that we are seeing this representation, representation yeah. begets people feeling like they're seen. And when yep. people feel like they're seen, they're them, their authentic selves. So we're seeing more and more folks coming out. And we're seeing more people support. Yeah, it, it cuts across everything in society, whether yeah. you're, you know, whether it's race, whether it's gender, um, you're seeing representation really expanding across all different types of media. And it's, it's creating a space for everyone now mm -hmm. where, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if there were someone who was non-binary or trans, in you know in major movies or in tv it would be a huge huge issue nowadays it's becoming more commonplace and it's creating a safer space for yes. people to be themselves so this yeah. idea that it's a trend and we're seeing more people come yeah. out it's really a reflection of how much forward how much the work of the people that came before us yeah. have done yeah. to allow people like us to support our kid and and the schools and the libraries mm -hmm. and grandparents. There's whole communities of people out there supporting. Um, there, I don't have the statistics off the top of my head, but there are a large number of our youth who identify as LBGTQ+. And the mm -hmm. more representation that we see in movies, in television, in Demi Lovato coming out as non-binary, um, and using they, them pronouns, for example. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yes. They know. Yes. Good for them. Exactly. Yeah. They are living their truth. And what does that do? That doesn't make someone say, I want to be trans. It gives someone permission to say, I see myself in them. And if they can do it, so can I. And then it's our job as parents, 
I was a teacher for 15 years. Yeah. Teachers play a critical role in this as well to affirm those voices. Um, there's always going to be naysayers, but I truly believe through education, storytelling, and getting to know the people in your life that we can, we can kind of move those negative mountains out of the way, although some of them are quite negative. Right, um, especially with all the legislation that's taken place in yep. draft legislation around the country. Yeah, and, and, and it's fear. It's fear. Yeah, right. Like, let's just put it out there that it's fear. Right. Yep. It, that's where where it all is. And you know, and again, we go back to the profound statement that the uh, your therapist gave you is people yes. are who they say they are until they aren't. So well, until they tell case, you otherwise, or until they tell you otherwise. Yeah, yep. sorry. Thank you for correcting that. I knew that I didn't write it down perfectly right, but it's but a, anyway. oh, that's okay. I talk fast. Writing it down would take a lot of speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's so, and, and you know, when I I even get excited when I see somebody who I think is trans, you know, on, on the screen, uh, and their character has nothing to do with that their yeah. their identity right it's just that is this character and I there, there's a show that I can't think of the name that I watched and uh, and I was like this is great this is just yep. so great like who cares like it has nothing to do with the actual right. character you yeah. are character is a lawyer and yeah. and like right. Laverne Cox the actress Laverne Cox has played a number of different roles not as the trans lawyer as the lawyer and exactly. it's more seeing people with these gender diverse identities in these spaces, taking up space for all the things that they are, not including their gender identity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's when we, you know, that's when you win, right? Is when it becomes a non-issue. Like, yeah, sure, great. Right. I love you Absolutely. anyway. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, okay, so so let's talk about a couple of things here where where I think uh people can can get tripped up a little bit. So one is what do you do if, and, and it sounds a little bit like this, like it was good at home um, for you to affirm Ellie, um, but then once people start to see and yeah. you sort of open yourselves up, right? Like what if family doesn't agree or rejects your child? What if teachers don't agree, reject your child? What if your child's best friend rejects yeah. them? Mm. So what do you do about that? How do you help your child through that? Oh gosh. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> you know, is. We, we are their safe space. You know, we, I think both of us pride ourselves in knowing that Ellie can come back to us and know that they have supportive parents who will stand up for them. Um, you know, we've talked and have provided education to many of the schools that, you know, Ellie and, and their brother have, have gone to, um, you know, to help to create the educational opportunities, also to to extend, um, you know, their education uh, through the parents that we've been able to connect with as mm -hmm. well. Uh, Ellie's best friends, you know, are supportive. Uh, their parents are supportive. It's all about being able to surround yourselves with people who can support you, but also being open and honest and correcting people when yeah. they don't have the right knowledge about who our kids are or who people are, you know, in the communities. You know, uh, we've been really lucky in that we've had support from all of the people that you're talking about. Has Ellie been bullied at school? It has happened, mm -hmm. but the school addressed it, uh, right? Um, and I think in each of these spaces, it comes down to education. So for schools, 
there are many laws that support you that you can't bully based on gender identity, for example. And there's laws that support, but a law and a policy doesn't mean what's happening in action. So that training and that learning needs to happen. What about a family member? Well, to be honest, if a family member were to consistently misgender, not use Ellie's correct pronouns and call Ellie a pronoun that they do not identify as consistently, that person would not have access to our child. And those are really hard, real life things that are happening every day. There are fearless parents out there who are not living in affirming states or provinces, (laughs) who are not, (laughs) who are who are on this journey alone. And we just say, you're not alone. There are so many others, but, but people can grow and change because the prospect of losing a family member over this, while it does happen, sometimes wakes people up to say, I need to get on board. Um, But unfortunately that is a reality. And each one of those is different. So, you know, schools is one setting, families, another setting, churches, you know, um, it's a a huge sacrifice that families have to make, you know, um, where they have to either relocate, um, or remove people from their lives because they're not supported. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it does happen, but the key is, again, we want a safe, thriving, authentic human being, human being, and we want them to have a network around them that supports them. And they also need to see that their parents stand up to those people who are not respecting them. Yeah. Right. right? Hey, you know, grandma refuses to do this. Grandma keeps sending, we see this a lot. Grandma will send a, a Christmas card to my trans daughter that uses their old name and he mm-hmm. throughout the entire Christmas card and does it. Well, maybe that card doesn't get to that child anymore. Right. Right. It's, it's too hurtful. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, that that's yeah, oh, that's got to be a lot to navigate, a lot to navigate. And 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 I think that as a parent, if you're facing that, I think you really need to get help to to navigate through that yeah, because right. you don't yeah. now want to take that out on your child no. and somehow say like, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have to say no to grandma, you right. know. Uh, yeah. But of course, you know, it makes it makes perfect sense. But look, that's hurt. That hurt, that's hard. It hurts. Yeah. Um, and get some help to 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 help you through yeah. that because that that is really real. And you know, it's yeah. not your child's fault. They're just living their truth. And right. uh, and look, nobody. You know, I, I say this about my own child, right? I have a, a non neurotypical child. My yeah. oldest that way. And you know, you know. <laughs> It just is. It it, it yeah. is the reality, right? And so to to be at war with it is is not ever going to help anybody. Certainly right. not going to help my child. So to 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 say, okay, this is this is what's happening, yeah. um, and and you're the regardless, you're you're a part of me, right? You know? And uh, and I and I and I love that. I love I love the fact that you you standing up for your child and your child seeing that right. is. Think about it, right? It's kind of like being like a working mom. My kids are like, stop working. And I'm like, but they're seeing me outside of the role that they may expect sometimes, right? They're seeing me be a leader or they're seeing me 
be successful at my career. And that is really important, just as it is for them to see us actively stand up. When Ellie had a bully um, last school year, it was critical that Ellie knew that we would advocate for them to the school and ensure that that we were holding the school accountable to making sure this didn't continue. And if they can't trust us, if they can't trust the parents to keep them safe, who can they trust? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and look, I think the reality is, is that you may need to mourn the loss of the family you thought you would have of the kids that you thought, right. All of that stuff. Right. Um, but remember too, that when things like this change, and I just had this conversation with another guest, um, you know, having that non-neurotypical child, it it does actually, for me, you know, it opens life up to other beautiful wonders, other different things that we never knew would be a part of our lives, you know, connections we've made with other people. I would not be in this line of work if it wasn't for my Mm -hmm. child, right? You wouldn't have written your book, Calvin, if it wasn't for this. I wouldn't be an activist, right? And be change makers in this world. You know, that is really beautiful and powerful. And we need to look at it from that perspective as well as, oh, gee, you know, oh, look at all the things that I've lost. Actually, right. let's look at what you're gaining in your life too, right? right? Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great yeah. point. You know, you, you gain so much from the evolution and transition that that you go through as a, as a human being. Um, you know, looking at Ellie's in our transition has definitely opened up my eyes as, as a human yeah. being about how much I'm willing to, to love a person you know, mm. seeing Ellie oh. thrive, you know, they, they have their ups and downs, but to see them thrive as a human being really has kind of blown the ceiling, you know, right out of the, out of the sky. So, mm-hmm. you know, between Vanessa and I, we do have a little competition about, you know, who Ellie confides in and, you know, share some of their <laughs> I'm, winning I'm winning this week. I'm winning, but it. Ellie's <laughs> confiding in me this week, <laughs> but usually it's JR. And, and the thing is, is that that's all we want as parents is for yeah. our kids to thrive, right? Yeah. And again, it's it's hard enough to raise a typical child, never mind a child with different needs and circumstances yeah. and yeah. all of that stuff. So, um, you know, I, I just really want to say too, that for any parents who are listening, if you need help, you know, reach out and get some, get some help because it is hard and you're not alone. And right. I think, you know, um, one thing that we really need to have for each other is massive amounts of grace. Mm-hmm. I think our trans kids need to have some grace for us for getting for getting it wrong, for making mistakes, for not understanding, you know, f- for putting our foot in our mouths sometimes, um, and for grace for people who are trying. But like I said, don't get it always right. Grace for mom and dad, right? Um, but then we need to have grace for other people who don't understand, who judge us, who judge our child, right? And I think that's something that comes up a lot in parent communities. This idea of Grace is so critical, but too much grace is problematic. So I can't use grace as a as an excuse to misgender my child consistently over a long period of time, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, right. So you gotta have some boundaries. A hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. And so I think part of it is there is learning, right? But you gotta do the work. Yeah. Um, you know. You got to do the work to learn and reach out. We have a website and this website is not so JR and I can like 
make gobbles of money. Make gobbles of money. There's no money <laughs> coming yeah. in. I'm sure there is no money in it. Yeah. No money in this. But we have a website and it's just jrandvanessaford.com. And we have a contact us. That contact yeah. us is specifically for parents who find us who say, I am in Saskatchewan. What resources are in Saskatchewan? <laughs> right? And we're not going to know where the resources are, but we're connected enough yeah. that we yeah. can help connect that person to the resources or be maybe the first parents they talk to who are going right. through that. Because, yeah. because the idea of not being alone, the friends we've made, the community we've built has been so profoundly life altering and changing to us in such yeah. a great way since Ellie's transition that we would want nothing else. And we would want that for other families too. Yeah. Vanessa's the fierce mama. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to be. I mean, me right. too. You know, like, hey, you know, we we need to fight for for that. So, um, I, that's so great. So, on your site is that where people can also get your book? Yeah, Calvin. Oh, let's talk about Calvin for just a second because we yeah. love him. Yes. Um, a few years ago, we. We knew that when Ellie transitioned, there were a few books on the market that had transgender characters. But at the time in 2018, when we started writing this mm -hmm. book, there were no books that had transgender boys in them. And there were no books with transgender kids of color. And we have a biracial transgender kid of color. We don't mm -hmm. have a transgender boy, but we worked with um, many in the trans community along with many parents and an amalgamation of yeah. stories to birth Calvin, who in mm. this story is one that truly celebrates the transition and, and the coming out and the introduction of, of a trans kid in their new name. Mm. All the books that had existed prior had kind of the trope of bullying and not being believed and having to overcome that. We wanted mm. to remove that from the storyline and say, what does it look like when a child is affirmed and supported by their family, their community, and their school? Mm. And that's the story of Calvin. There has since been, since the publishing uh, time frame is exhaustively long, um, mm. we have a number of other friends who've written beautiful books. Yeah. My Sister Daisy, yeah. Born Ready, My Rainbow, um, my brother, Aiden, there've been all these great books that have come out yeah. that Calvin hopefully will join their ranks mm. of these diverse stories of trans youth uh, from siblings perspectives, right. from the child's perspective, from mm. the parent's perspective, so that there's lots of stories. And, yeah. and we're really excited for Calvin to find his home in, in many of your homes. <laughs> Oh, that would be wonderful. I have read the book and it's really lovely. It is positive and, um, you know, it, it shows how parents who are tuned in and just want to support their kid, meet them where they are, not where they think they should be, um, and how that does make a difference and make the transition all the more easy. And again, I want to just say that sentence again that I may get wrong, but people are who they say they are until they say otherwise. Otherwise. Okay, good. Got it. Yep. Before awesome. they tell you otherwise, before they yep. say otherwise, people are who they say they are until they tell you otherwise. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That is so great. So I'm going to put all of your contact information in the show notes. 
please reach out to JR and Vanessa Ford. They are here for you, like they said. And if they can't help you, they know somebody who can. So <laughs> we'll find somebody yeah. for you. Yeah. And it look, it takes a village, right? And uh, find your people who you can connect with so you don't have to feel so alone and so you don't have to struggle and suffer because the, it, 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 you don't have to. You don't have to, no, right? right? And it's a beautiful journey, Robin. It really is. Yeah. And if, if I could say one thing to parents listening who think, who, who, who are still questioning this whole journey, I just want to say it's beautiful. It's amazing to watch your kid be their authentic self. Mm. And that's all we really want for Ellie. Yeah. It's what we want for Ronnie. Heck, I was about to curse. It's what we want for ourselves, right? To live authentically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, you don't have to be alone in this. You're not alone in this. And your child is not the only one. There are right. many kids out there and connections for kids mm -hmm. and supports. Just reach out. Yeah, that's beautiful. We'll say hello to Ronnie and Ellie for, for me because they sound like amazing kids. And uh, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for opening up and telling us your, your story. This is uh, hopefully going to help a lot of people. Wonderful. Thank you thank for you. having us. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.